Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. So excited to be in church with you today. God's doing some stuff already. Promise. Welcome back, man. Come on. So good to see you. Uh, I looked, Promise was gone all, all summer. He's a, a space engineer. That's all I know to say. Builds, builds, you know, rockets and stuff like that. And, uh, and so <laughs> I think nuclear stuff and, and, and lasers and all that. Come on. Uh, we got real geniuses among us. And, um, he, uh, I probably, I, I probably got half that right, but you're smart. That's the point, right? Um, and he loves Jesus with all his heart. And, um, he, he came back and he's been gone all summer and I looked at him today. We're in worship and just talking about an atmosphere guys. I, uh, I said, I said, the atmosphere's kind of changed, hasn't it? And he just looked at me like, oh my God, like this, this, this place is different. And, and I just want to say, that's all, that's us. That's your heart. That's faith. That's, that's an atmosphere. And again, I think it's important that we continue to cultivate that atmosphere and God moves inside of an atmosphere like this. Why do we sing? Why do we worship? Because it's an atmosphere God's attracted to. And God can move at your house, but he's attracted to the gathering of the saints. He's attracted to the worship of the saints. He's attracted as we lift up our voice and sing together. I inhabit your praise, he said. And so thank you for being here and setting an atmosphere for God to move in people's lives. We're going to jump into the book of Galatians. I'm going to end this probably next week. And then we're going to go into a series called Miracles, God of Miracles. We're going to start that series. God put that on my heart several weeks ago. Uh, If you're new to our community, we do a series or collection of of sermons around a topic. Uh, Now in this series, Book of Galatians, we're doing it around a specific book of the Bible. So we've been dealing with the book of Galatians for about six weeks now. And um, last week, my pastor preached. Was that good? Anybody enjoy that last week? I, I thought it was awesome. Everybody was putting online, like, best sermon I've ever heard. I'm like, man, slow down. I don't know. He is my pastor, so I'll, I'll champion that, you know. Um, but uh, he, he went into Galatians 5. He jumped ahead of me a little bit. I'm going to go back to Galatians 4 and uh, give you a couple thoughts from Paul's heart today. I'm going to give you 12 verses and uh, just really did talk to you as, as a pastor. Um, Paul goes very pastoral in this next section. And um, here's what it says in verse eight. It says, but then indeed, when you did not know God, again, he's contrasting people that are living by the law versus living by grace. He had had gotten people saved through the message of grace. And now he's being attacked by legalists saying it's not only grace. You also have to keep the law. You have to keep certain practices. You have to have these external regulations, not just grace. And so Paul has this battle um, with these uh, legalists, and he's trying to call the Christians of the Galatians back to grace. He says, but indeed, but then indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not gods. So, so he's, he's talking to Jews. He's talking to Jews that had gotten saved. So he's, he's likening uh, Torah following to paganism. <laughs> he's like, likening trying to be right with God through the Ten Commandments to paganism. <clears throat> it's pretty heavy. He says, but then indeed, when you did not know God, see, there was no internal knowing of God. It was an external regulation. It was no heart or understanding of God. You serve those by which nature are not God's. But now, after you have known God, and then he, and then he shifts it, or, or rather, are known by God, 
How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be put into bondage? So so I talked about that two weeks ago. The weak and and beggarly elements are the ABCs of the universe. The the do good, get good, karma. The do do bad, get bad. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you you do everything right, then you get blessed. That's, that's That's called the ABCs, the elements of the universe. Paul says, no, 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 that's not Christianity. That's the hard part about Christianity. It's do bad, get good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's grace. Now, 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 it isn't a license to do bad. That's an abuse of grace. It isn't a loan for God, from God. That's an abuse of grace. It's the liberty of Jesus. And, and so, so he says that you want to return again to the elementary beggarly elements, the law, to which you desire again to be in bondage. He literally says that, that your own efforts bring bondage. You, you, your own ability, your own restraints, your own, your own efforts, your own strength brings bondage. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. He, he begins to go into this pastoral talk. He's like, we knew each other. Like, I became like you. I'm a good leader. Like, become like me. I urge you. You've not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first. And you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Like he said, like your heart was wide open to me. Like your affections were for me. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy? Listen to this verse. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's the culture we live in when it comes to Christianity. That's the tension I fight every week as a pastor. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously court you, but not for good. Yes, they want to exclude you. He's talking about the legalists. They want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. So he's saying that they want to get between me. They want to, they want to get you to not like me because they want you to be disconnected from this grace message that I'm teaching. And they want your attention. They want you to be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in good things always and not only when I'm present with you. And then he, he uses this language, my little children. It's kind of awkward. My little children. Like, like I've threatened to embarrass my kids with that. Like when they get out at, you know, I'm going to get out of this car and start yelling. I love you, little children. You know, I threaten them like this is weird. Paul, like he's just saying, I've got this deep affection for you way down in my heart. Like My wife and I pray for you all so much. Like pray for this house and pray for your families and pray for, for what God's doing in the community. And like he's saying, my, my little children, I've got you deep in my heart for whom I labor and birth again until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now. And to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. I'm wondering about you. I'm a little bit perplexed, he's saying. My title for today is very simple, A Pastor's Plea. A Pastor's Plea. Let me pray with us real quick. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your environment. Thank you um, that you, you would just do your work in our hearts. I thank you for your truth. You said that your, tr- your truth would make us free. We give you glory and honor today for your word in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. A, a pastor's plea. My grandfather, I called him Popsy. Uh, 
Granny Deer and Popsy, they're both in heaven now. Um, my, my, his name was Jim, Jim Hall, James Hall. And um, he was a great man, godly man. And he, he had a, very, a lot of passion in him. And whenever, whenever that passion or that love would come out, sometimes it would come out in, a, in an aggressive way. Come on, anybody, any, any reactors to situations that you love, like if you're a kid, somebody gets hurt, you're like, ah. I remember one time in the kitchen, my grandmother cut her finger, like almost sliced her finger off cutting tomatoes. And my, my grandfather, her name was Mary. And uh, he said, he, it, when it happened, he saw it. And she's like, oh, and, 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 and she's like, Jim. You know, he's like, darn it, Mary. <laughs> but it wasn't darn it. He didn't use the word darn it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that word in church right now, but he said, he's like, darn it, Mary, you know? And uh, I was like, whoa, he's, he's angry. She cut her hand. Why are you angry? But it, it was, he wasn't angry. There was just this deep affection for her, this deep, this deep love for her, this deep care that came out in this kind of strong way. Paul, all through chapter one through four, has had this strong tone with the Galatians. Like there's this, there's this love and this, this deep love that has come out in a strong way, aggressive way. He starts off the book like, you foolish Galatians. You idiots of Galatia. He's like, who's bewitched you? Who's put a spell on you? Like this, this language, like is awkward. Like, and now he shifts all of a sudden from that language to like my little dear children, my brethren. Like he goes into this family language, this community language, like this pastoral language. And what he's doing is he's shifting to, to show his heart for them. And really, if pastors everywhere could talk to you, pastors all around the globe that have a heart for God, have a heart for people, this is, this is what they'd say. This is the book. This is the section of scripture that they would talk to. What's happening is people are drifting. They'd come in. They'd experienced grace. They'd experienced God. Their life had changed. They got plugged into community. They got plugged into the Galatian church. Everything's changing. And now all of a sudden they drifted and they're drifting back into bondage. They're going back into stuff. Paul brings up their relationship and their affection. You received me. I received you. I gave you the word of God. I prayed you were changed. What happened? What are you going back to? He begins to plea and call on this, this connection they have. This, this pastoral connection, moms, dads, sons, daughters, a family language. In my career, in my job, I hate to call it a career, in my calling as a pastor, the greatest privilege I have is to, to see miracles happen at this altar, to do marriages, to see, to see marriages restored, to see addictions broken, to, to see families changed. It's such a great privilege I have. Stories every week, but the hardest part about my job is I see people that get deliverance and freedom and break addictions and see things happen in their life, and then they slide back into bondage. Or they decide to go back or drift from the godly community. This godly community, people decide they will get changed. They'll come in and experience it. And then they'll begin to just kind of drift away from godly community and from faith living back into bondage. Paul's talking about that in verse eight. He says, listen, before you knew God, you were pagans. You were literally enslaved to, to, the, to the Torah. You were enslaved to self-efforts. Literally, you can write this down. The law always seeks to put another savior in place. The law always seeks to put some type of savior in place besides Jesus. Jesus is the one we turn back to. In verse 9, Paul says, listen, now that you know God, and then he shifts it. He says, or rather, are known by God. He shifts that real quick. Now that you know God, or, or, or rather, are known by God. Come on, listen to me. We're in a world where everybody is trying to be known by any means possible. 
They're getting on TikTok. They're getting on social media. They're doing crazy stuff. I got, I see, I have teenagers. So teenagers doing crazy stuff to make a name for themselves, to be known, to, to put themselves out there. Oh, immoral stuff. Uh, horrible. I mean, come on. The girls on, on these social media platforms and the guys on these social media platforms, the, the subjects and the topics and the, and the perversity and the things just to make a name for themselves in some school. Just to be known. Come on, the adults just trying to be known. The, the people trying to market themselves. Everybody, you know, one of the greatest, worst things in the world, probably, there's probably not much worse than not feeling known. There's, there's probably not a lot of things in the world that are worse than not being seen. Or not feeling like you're known at all, especially by the people that you wish would know you. That, that you have to try to be known. Paul, Paul literally says, you're known by God. Like when you came to grace, like, like you're not, 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 not that you knew God, like, or rather you're known by God. God first, God pursued you. God chose you. God put you in his family. God loves you. Do you, I mean, listen, you don't, you don't have to fight to be known. You don't have to fight to make a name for yourself. You don't have to fight to promote yourself. You don't have to fight to protect yourself. God literally name drops you. God's a name dropping God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Addison. God's name dropping you. God, God's saying, you, know, you want to know what I'm like? Look at Addison's life. You, know, you want to know what I'm like? Look at David's life. You want to know what I'm like? Look at promises. Like God is, God is, you are known by God. Oh man, that should, that changes my day that God knows me. He cares about me. I don't have to fight to make myself known. He says, listen, when you came and you got grace, you got, you got God, God knows you now. Not only do you know him, God knows you. He goes, how is it again that you're going back to these beggarly elements that bring you into bondage? How is it that you're going by your own efforts? He said, what are you going back to? He starts talking about, remember what it was like before you got saved? Remember what it was like before the altar call? <clears throat> remember what it was like before salvation and transformation in your heart? Remember what it was like? I do. I remember how lonely I was, how scared I was. I remember how desperate I was, how, 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 much, how addicted I was, how perverse I was. <laughs> Does anybody remember what it was like before, before you got saved? How, how you wandered and tried to find meaning and purpose and anything you could, how, how you tried to fill a void, how you tried to fit in and be known, how you tried to fight for attention and affection. Like I didn't fight for affection. Yeah. You're on your, like your 18th relationship. You've been fighting for affection. <clears throat> I remember it was like wandering and trying to be known. Paul says, why have you drifted from Christ and not only Christ and his church? How have you drifted from the community and the fellowship? What are you going back to? Your lawn? Your boat? Your corporate ladder? <laughs> Sex? Youth sports? Uh-oh. <laughs> what are you going back to? Game day? Come on, UT. I was at the game. Come on, somebody. But I'm here today. And so are you. Praise God. Come on. I saw a couple of friends. They're like, I'm going, I'm, I'm going out, Pastor. I might be. I hope I can be at church. Depends on how long I stay out. I was like, man, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Get up to church. Come on, Wes. 
I see you. We were at the game together, sober-minded, and we're here today. Come on, baby. Loving Jesus. What are you going back to? Do-goodism? I did a funeral years ago, and I said, was he a Christian? They said, well, he was a great little league coach. I, I, I said, yeah, yeah, but, but did, did he know Jesus? He was a great little league guy. I mean, that, but literally, like, the whole family had banked all of their chips into that he was a great little league coach. Literally, like, like this was like, this was like salvation. I was like, when he gets to the gates, I don't think he's going to be able to say, God, I was a great little league guy. I mean, what are we going back to? And Paul's saying, like, don't drift. Don't, don't pull. There's a pull in the world. There's, a, there's, a thick, there's these elements that cause us to drift. I mean, if you've ever gone to the ocean, come on, you put your towel down. You put your, you put your umbrella down. And literally, there's a current that, that pulls you away. You have to be intentional not to drift from the place that you planted. It's the same thing in the spirit. We have to be intentional not to drift. We have to use our energy uh, to receive the grace of God and not, and just to stay planted, just to stay, keep our roots in the ground and let the grace of God continue to fill us up. Don't drift. Paul says, don't drift from church. Don't drift from the community of faith. Return to God, get involved in community, get involved in church, get involved in connect groups, get involved in relationships, get involved in giving, get involved in generosity. I don't listen. I don't mean like people that just have just choose a different church. I got friends that go to all types of churches, but people that drift, they get saved, they get changed, and then they drift from the faith community altogether. I think it's just so dangerous, and I just think we need to stay focused. I wrote it this way it's hard to stay focused on Christ away from his community. I I meet people all the time like, well, I don't need church. I love Jesus, but I don't need church. That's just not the Bible, it's not true. We, we can't do this apart from community. We can't do this apart from being engaged and, 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 and grafted and built up together. Do you remember Pastor Adam preached last week on the, on the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, being led by the Spirit. Remember those? You know those? You know those are, those are grown in community? You don't need a lot, of, a lot of patience at the spa with cucumbers on your eyes. I don't, I don't need patience for that. I need patience to deal with you. (laughs) You need patience to deal with me. (laughs) Like we, we need patience to deal with each other and to raise kids and to have family and, and, and to be in community and gentleness and self-control and, 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 and love and kindness. And I mean, it's, it's a communal thing. So listen, I don't, if it's not this church, please, you're here. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but the reality is people come and go and they drift. And then maybe you're at church once a month. I'm telling you the atmosphere, you need to be in the atmosphere in the community of God. We just, if you're a believer, I'm a believer. I've got to plug in. Paul says, listen, you're beginning to observe all these customs to make yourself right and calendars and all this stuff. He says, I'm afraid for you. I labored to the point of exhaustion. He's he's calling on this pastoral connection. He goes, I'm your pastor. Like I labored, like I let you into my life. Like what happened? What happened? And I I meet people all the time like, well, I didn't like the music. You didn't call me back. Called the church and. No, no, no. I got an answer machine. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, there's all these reasons that we, we can have it. Paul's going, what, what happened? Like Paul's going, doesn't relationship count? 
Like you would have given me your eyes, Paul said. You would have, you would have received me like an angel. Like I was open to you. You were open to me. He, he said, become like me. Like I, I be like me. I was like you. We ate, we ate stale hummus together and, 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 and stale pita. Come on, we ate this bad food and, and, and we had relationship. You got relationship with people and, I, and you got relationship. We have relationship. You've opened your heart up. He goes, don't listen. I remember the affection that we had and you received me as a pastor. He says, he goes this. Here's, here's kind of the pinnacle. Verse 16. Are you turning on me because I tell you the truth? Have I become an enemy because I tell you the truth? Can I tell you that truth, tell, truth sets you free? And, and I, had a, I had a family leave the church a couple, about a few months ago. I'm telling you, God, God came to me, he said, he said, you know, you, you, you get up there too much and you say that we should do this and, and we should do that. And, and you say that's sin. And, and you know, you really shouldn't do that. You should really say like, maybe you want to try this and maybe you could consider this. I was like, man, I, I'm a preacher. Like I, I'm going to tell you what you should do. <laughs> Not based on my opinion, based on the word of God's opinion. I'm going to call sin, sin. I'm going to call truth, truth. And we're, we're, we're in a society. Look, we in love. I'm going to give you grace and truth because truth sets you free. I can give you my opinion. I can give you the shouldas and wouldas and maybes. But if I give you the word of God, that's what makes you free. That's what makes me free. I'm not going to walk. Listen, that's my, that's my battle. Every, I'm not going to water it down anymore. I'm too desperate to play church. Society's too broken for us not to preach the word of God. I mean, I mean, listen, there's some lady out there last week talking about heartbeats aren't real at six weeks and it's man-made machines uh, making up fake sounds in women's bellies so men can control women's bodies. Insanity. Yeah. There's, there's men out there trying to breastfeed. Insanity. And and I'm, I'm going to share truth. I'm going to preach truth. I, I, listen, I, I, I'm just. I, Paul says. I just I'm going to love you. I will love. I will love anybody in any in any sin. I was the, the greatest sinner of all. And I walked into a church that loved me beyond my sin. They love me. Listen, they love me with the truth, not beyond the truth. And, and they loved me with the, with the action of love and they had a seat for me and I walked in there. I will love anybody in anything. Anybody's welcome in any one of these seats any day, but I'm going to share the truth of God's word. I'm going to share the truth. It's truth that changes lives. I mean, it's just, if you're, if you're a believer, you should live different. If you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, you should have some, you should say that's sin. This is holy. That is right. This is wrong. I'm changed. I'm trying to follow God. I'm going to live different. Paul, Paul says, what, what are you going back to? Oh, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't listen. It's, I don't want to go back to my old life. I told, I told you guys several weeks ago, I, I think I shared it in here. My good friend, he said, I need you to be the real thing. He had gotten saved. We became close buddies. He's from, you know him, Terry Bowman. Good friend of mine. Owns a gym in town. So on, on, he got back into church. Hadn't been in church. Grew up Southern Baptist with all kinds of legalism and all kinds of horrific abuses of the scriptures. Grew, I mean, there's just legalistic. And he said, I don't want anything to do with that. His father got fired because his father believed that Christ was coming back on a white horse. And the elders believed that, that Christ was coming back on a cloud. 
And so there was a church split based on the cloud and the horse. I don't mean truth like this. Okay. That's not the kind of truth I'm talking about taking a stand on. And when I met him, he looked at me, he goes, he found out I was a pastor. I met him in an MMA gym doing mixed martial arts and fighting in a cage. And, and he found out I was a pastor. He goes, you're a pastor. He's like, you're doing, you're doing mixed martial arts. You're a pastor. You're hitting people in the face in here. I was like, yeah, I'm a pastor on Sunday, but I hit you on Monday. Like, <laughs> I know how to defend myself. Like, and like, and so he goes, he, and I told him, he goes, you know, my dad, he told me the story. He goes, my dad got fired for you know, this and that. And he, and he said to me, he goes, I don't give an F what Jesus is coming back on. And I looked at him and I said, I don't either. I, he was surprised that that was my response. He goes, man, if I come in that church, I'll catch on fire. I said, we got fire extinguishers by every door, brother. I, and, I, and I told him, I said, and if you could catch it on fire, I would have already caught it on fire because I'm, I'm in the same boat you're in, man. We all need Jesus. And, and, and about a month ago, he sat down with me and I'd gone through a real hard time during COVID and I about, about quit. And he, he was like, don't quit, man. And he, and he said, I need you to be the real deal. And I, I just want you to know, people are looking at us to be the real deal. People are looking at your life and going, is this, is this the real deal? I'm not, not perfect, not perfect, but real, authentic, in need of a savior. Not, not self-made, not, not, not my own ability, not my own effort, not my own strength. Come on, the real deal that I'm going to rely on Christ to get me through the good and the bad. Paul says, listen, don't, don't go back. Don't go back into bondage. I, grace isn't, listen, grace isn't pretending stuff isn't there. That's dangerous. Grace, grace is saying, okay, hey, God's got grace for you, and here's the truth. Bottom line, Paul says it, have I become your enemy? Write this down if you can. I don't think it'll be on the screen. If, if you let truth make you a victim, you'll always find a villain to invalidate the truth of God in your life. If you make, I'll say it again. If you make, if you, if you allow truth to make you a victim, you will always find a villain to invalidate the truth of God in your life. So Paul says, listen, I, don't, don't get, don't get mad. I, I, you're, you're, be open to me. He says, you, they zealously court you. These other people court you, but they want to cut you off from grace. Verse 17, Le legalists hate liberty. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll teach on the Ten Commandments and this, and, and I can always tell the people that whenever you're going, yeah, yeah, but, but don't we, but shouldn't we, like, are you saying you can just do whatever you want? Are you saying, like, like you just, like, you could do whatever? You, you might know, you might be a legalist. <laughs> if you're always looking for a legal loophole inside of liberty, <laughs> and, and let me say it to you this way. If Christ is Lord, liberty shouldn't scare you. Christ is my Lord. If he's the Lord, the liberty is really love. Not, not license. License is a, is a grace credit card that you take out and you know you're going to the club. You're going to swipe it all night and wake up in the morning and say, sorry, that's, that's called license. You pre-planned sin because of God's graciousness. That's not liberty. That's called license. Chapter five talks about that. That's license. I'm going to do whatever I want and say, forgive me. No. And then the other side is alone. The grace was alone. Man, I'm in the red. I got to pay it back. I got to pay it back. I got to pay it back. I got to pay. I got to work harder. God's not pleased. He gave me grace. And the rest of my life, I'm on a hamster wheel to pay back the grace of God. 
Grace is not alone. Grace is the liberty and the love of Jesus that gave you and I the power to defeat sin, Satan, and hell in the grave. And that, and that we can walk in the truth of God and we can respond to one another in love. Paul says, listen, don't be a legalist. Open your heart back up. He goes, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. He says, listen, it's good to be zealous. Even when I'm not with you, it's good to be zealous in all things. Can I say this to you? That, that Paul's saying, it's not about a person. This is not about me. Paul goes, it's good to be zealous in good things always, even when I'm not with you. You can serve God and be planted in community to, apart from me. Apart from the right worship song, apart from a good message, like this is, this is bigger than one person. Paul's saying this community is bigger than me. Paul's saying that you, you need to be zealous for good to plant in, not about a person or a style, but, but about being the children of God. Verse 19 says, my little children whom I labor again, I labor for Christ to be formed in you again. You know, that's love. Listen to me. I'm going to wrap up. You know, that's love. He says, I labor again. He, the first time he labored for them to be saved. The second time he labored again for them to actually be delivered from, from, from the legalist and to be, to be delivered from external constraint to be changed internally. He's saying, I'm not here to preach and procure your favor. I'm, I'm preaching to, to bring transformation inside of you. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get your favor. I'm trying to get Christ formed in you. And I labor again. Come on. If anybody's ever seen a woman labor, come on, anybody. If you do it twice, that's love. Because the first time I saw it, the first time I saw it, I'm like, thank God I will never do that. And, and what blows me away is like, there'd be no people on the planet if it was dudes that had to have kids. There wouldn't. All these dudes out here thinking they can have babies and stuff. There ain't nobody on the planet if you're trying that. That's craziness. <laughs> I regress. Like, like pray that Christ be formed in you. Like he labors again. And again, husbands, stop trying to change your wives and begin to labor that God be formed in them. Wives, stop trying to change your husbands with external restraint and begin to actually labor. How much have you labored for Christ to be formed inside of them? Parents, stop trying to control your kids and put every single mandate and every single restriction. I'm not saying don't have rules and regulations. I'm just saying stop trying to bring internal reformation with external regulation. Because you'll never change a heart except from laboring in the love of Christ and asking God. I met a federal prosecutor who grew up Baptist. You're talking about a lawgiver. Come on, somebody. That's legal. And his daughter had gone wayward, was on drugs, had a child out of wedlock, and he put every rule on her, and she'd break out of the house. I met him several years ago. He said, and God got a hold of me, and he told me to go to my prayer chair inside of my room at 5 a.m. every morning, and literally I had a leather chair, and at 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. I'd go in there, because that's what God told me to do, and I got down on my knees, and there's literally a sweat ring where I put my forehead on that leather chair, and in a matter of six months, her whole life was changed. Paul says, I labor again for internal reformation. He goes, I'm, I want to be with you. Paul, he, he says, I just want to be with you again. It's a pastor's heart. I want to be with you. I want to change my tone. I want you to hear my tone. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear my cry. Paul says, I wish I could be with you so you could hear my demeanor again and my, my desire for you again. He goes, I have my doubts about you. It wasn't like he doubted their sa- salvation. He says, I'm perplexed about you. What are you going back to? What are you drifting into? 
Years ago, I, I ran away. and Some of y'all have heard the story. I had a little wagon and some pecans. I was probably seven. I had my little stepsister with me. She was cheering me on. We're there. I'm not gonna, is it, it's pecans. It's not pecans. It's pecans. It's pecans. Come on. Where's my pecan people? Preach it. And, and, and I, I took my little wagon, and we got probably a mile. And my little mama, my little single mama, she followed behind me in her little Toyota Tercel, staying about a half a block back until it got a little dark at dawn, and we began to get scared. And we turned around, and she says, come on, get back in the car. Picked us up, loaded up our little wagon, loaded up our pecans, and took us back home. I just want to say to you, like, you might have run away. You might be drifting. You're here today, but you know you might be drifting in your heart. You know God's following you with his little Toyota Tercel. He's just, he's just following you. He's been following you all the way into this place. He's been following your heart. He, he's ready to just open up, the, open up grace to you, open up his life to you. Say, you know what? Just come on. Just come on home. Just don't drift. Maybe you've drifted in your marriage. Maybe you've drifted in your affections to Jesus. Maybe you've drifted back into some, some bondage. God is not here to judge. He's not here to cast you out. He's here to follow you to safety. He's here to pursue you until you get back in the boat and back in the family and back in relationship. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you feel like you've drifted or you're drifting. Maybe, maybe you feel like you've drifted from grace and you're trying to earn everything. Come on, I meet mean, a lot of people all the time. I'm trying to earn God's pleasure. I'm trying to earn God's favor. Come on, Jesus did that. You don't have to pay back this loan. Father, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for an atmosphere of grace. We thank you for truth that sets us free today. We thank you for a pastoral heart in Paul saying, my little children, my my loved ones, my family, I labor again for Christ to be formed in you. I pray that Christ be formed in you. I, I just pray today that, Lord, people under the sound of my voice, if, if they've been trying to do external regulation and do everything they can to restrain themselves, I pray for real heart change today. I pray for supernatural transformation today. I pray that they would know that they are known by you and it would change their pursuit, oh God. Lord, that the battle's not our own. The struggle's yours. That we do wrestle against against things, but we don't do it in our own flesh. Our weapons are different. They're mighty, God. I pray today that young people in here would not try to fight to be known and drift from who you are, God, or have to fail to fit in or be, be socially cool and, and compromise their convictions and their character and compromise their, their family name and things like that to, to fit in because you know them, oh God. I pray that we wouldn't have to try to fight to protect ourselves or provide or climb the corporate ladder. We can be a part of your family. I pray for anybody that's drifted from your a relationship with you and a relationship with your house, oh God. I pray that maybe today would be the day you warm their heart and they could trust again. I know people have been hurt in church and in relationships, oh God, but I pray, well, there's no perfect place. But I pray we wouldn't run from your community today. I pray we'd get planted and plugged in today. If you're in this place, no one looking around just for another second, maybe you need to come back to grace. Maybe, maybe you know you're not right with God. You're not, you're not a Christian or you're not serving God. Maybe you drifted from a relationship with Jesus. If you're watching online, maybe you've drifted. Maybe you said, well, once I get my life right, once I clean myself up, once I do all the, once I get married again, once, once, I, once this divorce is final, once I'm not sinning anymore, once I, once I figure this out, no, 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 that's all your own ability. 
That's all your own effort and strength. You can't clean your life up. If you just come back to Jesus today, if you just bow your knee and surrender, say, you know what, Jesus, I need your grace. I need what you did on that cross. The Bible says you get a fresh start in God. If you're here and you'd say, you know what, pastor, I need a fresh start. I'm not going to stand you up or bring you forward, but I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up to me. If you need a a fresh start with Jesus, would you just put your hand up to me? I need a fresh start today. I've, I've drifted from some things. I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your boldness. I need to give my life to Christ. If you're online, would you just type in fresh start? We want to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. There's no magic in the words. Just, it's just a surrender, prayer of surrender to Jesus. Would you just pray with me? Father, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for crossing the universe and coming to planet Earth. Thank you for living sinless and spotless. Thank you for living perfect. Thank you for allowing me to know God and God to know me. Jesus, thank you for taking all my sin and shame and guilt and nailing it to that cross, for being tortured and abused and taking my punishment on that tree. I turn from my sins and I repent and I I turn to you today. Give me a brand new heart. Do it on the inside of me. I can't do it in my own strength. You are my Lord and you are my leader. I surrender to you. You are God and I believe it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today and allow me to serve you the rest of my life in Jesus' name matchless name. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place this morning. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.